The previous Mishnah ended off with a similarity between a get which is given to a woman to divorce her and a document which is given to a non-Jewish slave in order to free him. And that is that when a messenger comes either from outside of Eretz Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael or vice versa, from Eretz Yisrael to outside of Eretz Yisrael and he presents the get or the document of freedom known as a Shtar Shicharur, when he presents that to Beistin, he needs to testify that it was written and signed in front of him. And the Gemara gives two reasons for this, either because outside of Eretz Yisrael they weren't experts in the halacha of writing the get lishma for the particular woman who was being divorced or slave. Alternatively, it was if the husband or the owner of the slave later on claims that the document was forged, it would be hard to find witnesses in order to do kium shtoreis, Kim Storis is when people testify that the signatures written in a document are genuine and they recognize them. So since the get was delivered from a faraway place, it will be difficult to do Kim Storis later on. And therefore the Kim Storis needs to be done already from the beginning now, when the messenger comes with that document. The next two Mishnahis continue to compare a get with a Shtar Shicharur. And before we see the following similarity between them, we need to introduce with a different similarity, which is the reason for the following similarity. One of the laws which only applies to a get and a shtar shikhrur is that the witnesses who sign on it need to sign on it in front of each other. They both have to be present when each one is signing on the document. And because of that, says the Mishnah, kol get shesh olav eid kosi posel, any other document which contains a witness who is a kusi, is invalid. A kusi, or the kusim, were a group of people, uh, an entire nation, who converted en masse to become Jewish. They did it out of fear, there were certain dangers which caused them to convert. And for a long time it was a doubt and a debate amongst different tanoim as to whether they were considered to be fully Jewish, whether their conversion was valid or not. Ultimately, it was found that they still worshipped idolatry, and so they were pronounced to be non-Jewish. But for a long time, it was a doubt, and throughout Shas Mishnayis, there's a very big difference of opinion as to whether they were considered to be Jewish or not. Now, if a Kusi is one of the witnesses who signed on a document, so he's not considered to be a valid witness. Since the Kusim didn't accept upon themselves all aspects of Torah, especially those things which are Midyabonon, so they're not considered to be a valid witness, and therefore a document which has two witnesses, which is necessary, so if one of the two is a Kusi, then it only really has one valid witness, and therefore the document will be invalid. Says the Mishnah, Except for a get, which is given to a woman to divorce her, and a shtar shikhrur given to a slave in order to free him. The reason being that since the witnesses need to sign in front of each other, and the Gemara explains we're talking about a case where the kusi signed first, the first signature on the get or the shtar shikhrur is the kuti's signature, so since a regular valid witness signed after that, so it's as if that second witness is testifying about the first witness, that he can be trusted. Since they did it in front of each other, so he knows exactly who it is. And the fact that he's willing to sign after him shows that he knows that that kussy can be relied upon. It's not that every kussy can be relied upon, we just didn't know. So as soon as we have this indication that that kussy is a valid witness, the signatures would be valid and the document would be valid as well. Now Ramon Gamliel argues, because according to Ramon Gamliel, the kusim 
at least the mitzvahs which they did accept, they kept very well, and when it comes to them being witnesses for a document like this, they could be trusted, and indeed, There's a story which once happened that people brought in front of Raman Gamliel, who was in the town of Osniel, they brought him a get of a woman. And its witnesses who had signed on the get were Kusim. The Hirsher Amagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagamagam
even though the Torah says that he needs to give it to his wife, he can appoint a messenger, and because of the rule that Shaluchi Shal Adam Kamaisai, somebody's messenger is considered to be like him. So if his messenger gives the get to his wife, it's considered to be as if he gave the get to his wife. As well as that, the woman is able to appoint a messenger in order to receive the get from her husband. And then she'll be considered to be divorced as soon as her messenger receives the get. The question is, can the husband say to somebody else, I want you to accept the get on behalf of my wife? Such that you be considered that she be considered divorced as soon as I'm giving it to you. It's as if he's appointing her messenger. Does that work? So says the Mishnah. One who says to somebody, "Give this get to my wife, or give this document of freedom to my slave." And as we explained, we're talking about a case where he wants the messenger himself to accept it as the messenger of his wife or slave. If he wants to retract in either of the two cases, he's able to do so. The Rameir, that is the opinion of Rameir. According to Rameir, one is not able to appoint them as a messenger of his wife. So only once it actually reaches the wife would, it be con- would she be considered divorced. And the same goes for the slave. And therefore, before it does reach his wife or slave, he can retract and he can tell his messenger not to give it to them. And she would not be considered divorced and he would not be considered freed. When it comes to the divorce of a wife, that does work. But not when it comes to the shtar shikhrur. When it comes to freeing a slave, one is able to appoint a messenger to receive it on behalf of the slave, such that the slave will be considered freed as soon as this messenger receives it. Lefi, because of a very important rule, one is able to do something which is beneficial for somebody else, even if it's not in front of him and he doesn't know about it. But something which is potentially detrimental, something with possibly negative effects, that can only be done in front of the person who it is affecting. And the Mishnah explains, If the owner of a slave decides that he doesn't want, he doesn't want to feed his slave, and he tells his slave, you go begging for food, ask other people for food, according to the strict letter of the law, Rasha, he is able to do so. On the other hand, if somebody decides he doesn't want to support his wife in Rashai, he does not have permission to do so. And because of that, to be married is considered to be an advantage for the woman. Which means that divorcing her is considered to be a disadvantage. She's now losing that support which she's getting from her husband. So therefore it's considered to be choven. It's considered to be something which is negative towards her. So she can only be divorced with her knowledge and intent if she receives the get. On the other hand, a slave, it's not considered to be an advantage to be a slave. The slave would prefer to be free. And even the advantage which the slave gets that he's supported by his owner, the owner can turn around any minute and say, I don't want to support you. So it's not considered to be a real benefit, and therefore to be freed is considered to be a benefit. And because of that, one can free his slave, even without him knowing, by giving it over to somebody else. And that way, the slave is freed. It's true that overall, it is considered to be a benefit for a slave to be freed. It's considered beneficial for him. Nevertheless, there is also a disadvantage. So as soon as there's a disadvantage, you can no longer do it without his intent and without him knowing. 
Surely by freeing his slave, he invalidates his slave from eating truma, just like when one divorces his wife, he invalidates his wife from eating truma. So we're talking specifically about a case where it's a slave of a koyen, and truma is the gift which a koyen receives from the farmers, and only a koyen is allowed to eat it. Anybody who's not allowed, who does not a koyen is forbidden to eat it. However, a Kohen's wife and a Kohen's slaves are also allowed to eat it, just like the Kohen himself. Which means that by freeing the slaves, you're now denying him the ability to eat truma. And because of that, there is also a disadvantage in freeing him. And that's why Meir holds that even regarding a slave, one can only free him if he gives the document to the slave himself, or if the slave himself appoints a messenger in order to receive the document of freedom. The only reason why the Koyen slave can eat truma is because he is owned by the Koyen. But that also means that the Koyen can turn around any minute now and just sell the slave to a non-Koyen. So again, this entire benefit is considered insignificant because the owner has the power to get rid of it any minute that he wants. Now, ends of the Perek, One who tells somebody, appoints somebody, and he says, Give this get to my wife, or give this shtar shikhra to my slave. But before that person manages to do so, the owner or the husband dies. That person should not give these documents to the wife or slave after that person has died, because once he's died, he's not able to divorce his wife, or to free his slave. And the divorce and freedom only occurs... Once it reaches the slave. We're talking about a case where, a simple case where he appointed the messenger just to, to, to deliver it, not to accept it on their behalf. On the other hand, says the Mishnah, if somebody says, give a hundred zuz to so-and-so. And the more explains, we're talking about a specific scenario of a shechivmara. A shechivmara is somebody who is lying on their deathbed, and Mijabonon, even though in general, in, in order to transfer the ownership of something, one needs to do a particular action to acquire that item, a shechivmara, just by saying that this should go to somebody else, that in itself is enough to transfer the ownership to that other person in the event that the shechivmara dies. Reason being that the Rabbanon said that if we don't say this is the case, then the Shechimra might get very stressed that he wants to give something to somebody else, but he hasn't got time or he's not able to do an action, and that might cause him to die earlier. And therefore the Rabbanon said that just by him saying that he wants a certain amount of his money to go to somebody else, that is enough, and therefore Vomais, even if he then dies, they should give that item to the other person after he dies, since his mere speech and instruction to give that item to the other person was enough to transfer the ownership to him. The Mishnah goes back to discuss the Kiyom Storis, which the person who brings the get does. Kim Storis is when one testifies about the signatures written in the get, that he recognizes the handwriting, that it was valid witnesses. And as we learned, somebody who brings a get from outside of Eretz Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, and according to some, even if he does the opposite, he brings it from Eretz Yisrael to outside of Eretz Yisrael, he needs to testify that the get was written and signed in front of him. And then later on, if the husband comes and claims that the get was forged, they won't need to do Kim Storis again, since the messenger did it already now. Now, it should be noted that in general, when Kim Storis is done, two witnesses are required, just like with everything, two witnesses are required to testify about the signatures written in the get. So it is really actually a leniency in this case for the messenger himself alone to be, to be believed about the signatures 
that it was written in front of him. But since he's the one bringing the get in the first place, so it's sufficient that he alone be the one to do Kiyom Shtaris. Says the Mishnah, maybe get in the Sayom, one who brings a get from abroad, Omar, and he says, the get was written in front of me, but it wasn't signed in front of me. Or, it was signed in front of me, but it wasn't written in front of me. In front of me, the entire get was written, but only half of it was signed in front of me, meaning only one out of the two witnesses signed it in front of me. Or if he says, only half of it was written in front of me, whereas all of it was signed in front of me. In all of these cases, puzzle, it's invalid. Now the truth is, it's important to know that there are two halves of the get. The first half is known as the toiref, and the Torah contains the specific details which are relevant to this particular get. Their names, their location, that's the Torah. The second half of the get is known as the Toifes, and that's the regular formula and the regular language written in every get, which is considered to be the less important half of the get. The main part of the get which is necessary is the Torah. And the truth is, if the witness, the person bringing the get, saw the Torah being written, then even if he didn't see the Toifes being written, it is valid. Our mission is talking about a case where he only saw the toifes, which is the less important part of the get, and therefore it would be invalid if the toyef was not written in front of him. Now, as we explained, there is leniency over here. In general, we require two witnesses, over here we're believing just him. Now, this leniency was only given if he himself is the one who says everything. But if, let's say, one person says there was written in front of me, let's say it's the messenger himself, for example, and he also brings a different witness... And that other person says that it was signed in front of him. In that case, possible it's invalid, because unless it's the messenger who says both of it, we have the regular law that requires two witnesses for the Kiyom Shtoreis. If two people say that it was written in front of us, and there are two other witnesses, not the messenger himself, and one person, even if it's the messenger, says that it was signed in front of me. In this case, also possible it's invalid. So since if you're going in the regular path of witnesses, so you need two witnesses for the entire thing. And if you want the special leniency of Kim's stories done by the messenger, so he has to do the entire thing. In this case, you have neither of them, and therefore it's invalid. Now, in both of the previous two cases, Rabbi Huda Machshir, Rabbi Huda permits this, since he understands that the leniency was given in this case, that if at the time that the get is presented to Bastin, there is one witness on the signing and one witness on the writing, that is enough, and it doesn't have to be specifically the messenger who does it. The Tanakama is concerned, however, that if we allow such a situation, people might come to think that every case of Kim Storis requires only one witness. They won't realize that it was a leniency given over here, and therefore they forbid it. Now, everybody agrees that if one witness claims that it was written in front of me, and two witnesses claim that it was signed in front of them, then kosher, then it is valid. Because now that is a regular Kim Storis, effectively. We don't even need the other witness to claim that it was written in front of him. That's only needed when it's the messenger coming. And we're going with that path of Kim Storis. But if we go with the regular path of Kim Storis, then all we need is two valid witnesses on the signatures. Mr. Bates, one of the things which needs to be written in the get is the date that the woman is being divorced. And this is a requirement Midrabonon, because we're concerned of the following situation. That the woman will commit adultery, she'll have relations with another man whilst she is married, and her real husband will divorce her. But her real husband will feel bad, he won't want her to be killed perhaps by Bastin, or he won't want her rep- reputation to be ruined. And so he'll give her a get, and they'll claim that she was divorced before she had relations with this other man, and therefore it was permitted. 
And so in order to avoid such a pretense, so the date needs to be written in the get. So the Mishnah says, If the get was written and signed on the same day, or balayla, it was written at night, and signed on that same night, or balayla, it was written at night and written the next day, in halacha, the day is considered to be starting from the night. So kosher, it's valid. However, if it's written during the daytime, and it's signed that night, that's already considered to be the next day, and therefore, possible, it's invalid. The Rishun Machsher, Rishun permits the get, he validates the get, because according to Rishimon, the reason why the date needs to be written in the get is not because of the reason which we just described. According to Rishimon, the reason is something else, that when a man is married to a woman, and she has property, so her husband has the right to the produce of her property, of her fields, let's say. So if the date of the, if the date is not written in the get, then he might continue taking produce even after they're divorced, and he'll claim that he did it before they were divorced. Now Rishimon also holds that as soon as a person says that he's going to divorce his wife, and as soon as it's even written, even before they're actually divorced, he already loses the rights to the produce. And therefore it doesn't matter if the date on the get is written earlier than the actual divorce took place, because all the more so, the husband would not be able to claim more produce than he deserves, than he is entitled to. And the Mishnah says, So Rabbi I because Rabbi Shimon would say, Kol all documents which are written during the daytime and signed only that night, which is considered to be the next day, are invalid. Of course, we get the except for a get given to a woman to divorce her, as we explained.